So now we've got reports of the Big 12 taking an under-the-radar visit to Memphis as they look at potential expansion teams. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com, covering the Big 12 Conference. It is great to be here with you as always. And the news just never ends. The rumors, the reports just never end. So this week, if you missed it, this came out of Memphis. Memphis Media had this report that uh, Brett Yormark, Big 12 Commissioner, conducted an under-the-radar visit to Memphis as the Big 12 continues to do its due diligence in further conference expansion. Now, to be clear, am I a fan of Memphis and the Big 12? I am not. I am not a fan of adding Memphis to the Big 12 at this point in time. I don't think it brings a lot to the table. I'm sorry, Memphis fans. They look like they're great fans, but I would not be jumping at Memphis right now. I'd be looking at teams that strategically make the most amount of sense for the Big 12, and I don't see what Memphis brings to the table right now. I don't. Um, I know market size is not everything, but it's certainly not market size. They've got nice programs, decent programs, basketball, football. But if you're the Big 12 and you're looking to grow the pie and grow your footprint, does Memphis really do it? I don't believe that it does. Now, Brett Yormark has come out and he has denied that he had a meeting with Memphis. If you missed this, he told Pete Thamel from ESPN on Friday night. Pete Thamel put on Twitter, he said, just spoke to Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark about the multiple reports that the Big 12 has met with Memphis. And Yormark told Pete Thamel, I've never met with anyone at Memphis about adding them to the Big 12, nor have I been on campus. That is from Brett Yormark. Now, what could that mean? What might that mean? Is there a way to read between the lines on this? Is it possible that Yormark um, or somebody underneath Yormark talked to somebody at Memphis about doing some due diligence, just kind of feeling out the landscape about what Memphis is, what they bring to the table, and whether or not they're worth looking at further, depending on what happens with these Pac-12 teams, maybe. But literally, Memphis checks nothing off of Brett Yormark's boxes. It doesn't help make them more national. It doesn't get them into a fourth time zone. They're not a Power 5 conference team right now, and they're not a powerhouse in anything, right? The only reason the Big 12 would ever look at a non-Power 5 team is if it was UConn or... If it was, um, you know, a team like Gonzaga, something like that, that's the only reason you would go down that road if you're Brett Yormark and the Big 12. And Memphis doesn't check any of those boxes, so I don't see why Memphis would be all that attractive of a spot right now. I know that a few years back, gosh, going back five, six years now, when the Big 12 was looking at expansion, Memphis was on that list. Memphis was a team that was looked at, that was considered, and then, of course, at the time, the Big 12 elected to not expand at all, mostly because Texas and OU did not want to expand, and, of course, we know how that ended. So we're looking at this right now, and we're saying, okay, why now with Memphis? Why would you even look at them? Well, I suppose if you are really looking to expand, you look at teams that you looked at in the past, but here's the thing. In terms of programs the Big 12 could elevate, they've picked the best four programs that were out there. They picked UCF. They tap into the Florida markets, not just for recruiting, 
But for TV markets, fast-growing, enormous amount of talent in SEC country and also ACC country, great move with UCF. I believe UCF is the sleeping giant, by the way, in Power 5 sports, especially football. And you just saw, I'm not sure if you saw this, but it came down on Saturday that UCF just picked up a four-star running back in the class of 2024 in Stacey Gage. So Gus Malzahn, and they've been recruiting well for the last couple of years. I think that UCF is a major sleeping giant in college football once they get into the Big 12. You add Cincinnati. You dive into Big 10 country. You get a little bit of a footprint there. Um, Nice market size. Pro town as well. That makes all the sense in the world. A lot of talent in Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. Losing Luke Fickle hurts, but still. Very good program, very good targeted market. West Virginia's right there. Makes sense. Then you get Houston, former Southwest Conference School. Baylor, TCU, know them very well. Uh, In Texas, helps solidify your footprint there. Since you're losing Texas, Houston doesn't replace Texas, but you get the point. That makes sense. BYU. And then BYU, of course, gives you a national brand in a way that no other school, like there's no school that could give you a national brand like BYU outside of Notre Dame. Like that's kind of it. And the Big 12 was able to grab that brand in BYU and it was a great addition. It gets you out west. It allows you to play in that late TV time slot. BYU is going to get a lot of home games in that late TV slot and they're fine with it. They're being great partners about it so it makes sense. So the Big 12 added the right four teams. There's a reason that Memphis wasn't on that list. And there's nothing that's happened at Memphis that should change how we view Memphis. And I know there's going to be Memphis fans that are going to watch this. I'm going to get you know comments on the video, on YouTube. I'm going to get social media and everything else. But it's like, let's be honest. Tell me what Memphis is bringing to the table right now. It, yeah, it, it'd be great for Memphis. Okay, it's a nice drive for fans you know, in certain parts of the country, you could drive to Memphis in a way that you can't for a lot of road games now. I, great. Cool. Uh, there's got to be more than that. It's a hard pass. So I, I don't know. You know, Brett Yormark tells Pete Thamel he hasn't met with anyone at Memphis. Uh, he has not been on campus. He is denying these reports that came out of Memphis media that um, there was an under-the-radar visit from Brett Yormark. Believe whichever side of it you want. All I know is when it comes to me, when it comes to Memphis, I am a hard pass. Hard pass. Uh, Okay, now this is interesting on YouTube. Secret Agent, I love that name, by the way. Secret Agent. Comments. Memphis brings pressure for four corners to sign. You know, maybe it's that simple. Maybe it's that simple that what's happening here is this is getting pressure on Colorado and pressure on Arizona to say, hey, guys, make a move. If not, we're going with Memphis. But let's be honest. (laughs) If you're Arizona, are you like, oh, boy, I better move quick because if not, they're going to add Memphis? Come on now. Come on. You got to have better leverage than that. Here's the thing. We're going to know what's happening here in the next four weeks. Not even. Three weeks, probably. We're going to know by the end of this month of June what the heck's going on. That's more or less the soft deadline for all of this. 
will have an idea what's happening here in the next three weeks. I, I agree that we're all sitting here. We've been waiting for three months on this story, but it, it's going to come to a conclusion one way or another in three weeks. That's what's going to happen. It's going to come to an end in the next three weeks because that's the deadline for San Diego State. At some point, the Pac-12 is going to have to have a TV deal to speak of. So we're down the home stretch here. This is all going to be sorted out in the next three weeks. I don't think Brett Yormark needs to use pressure. Here's what I think part of the holdup is. I think Colorado's ready to go, but I'm not sure Colorado wants to go alone. And then there's Arizona. And Arizona's out there, and I think part of the fear and part of the politics in the state of Arizona is Arizona leaving without Arizona State. Arizona State does not want, apparently, to go as much as Arizona is considering going. I've read and heard that. So if that's the case, that's where the politicians get involved, in the state. And, you know, there's a push from Arizona State to say, hey, right now we've got this 10-team Pac-12 conference. In the state of Arizona, with two teams here, we control 20% of this league. Why would we give that up? Well, the reason you'd give it up is because you can make millions of dollars a year more in the Big 12, most likely, than you could in this whatever league it's going to be. And if Colorado does pull the trigger, and if Colorado does leave, who are you going to replace them with? You're going to replace them with San Diego State? Maybe. But there's also been some very interesting rumblings that you know the Big 12 could be looking at some combination of Colorado, Arizona, San Diego State, and UConn. So I, that's something you have to look at as well. I believe Tim Fitzgerald had that, our buddy over at Go Powercat threw that out there as a possibility of what he was hearing. And those are the four teams. Tim Fitzgerald at Go Powercat, putting on Twitter um, on Friday, I'm still hearing the Big 12 is targeting Colorado, Arizona, San Diego State, and UConn if there is movement. Conference leadership continues to wait for the Pac-12 to share an official media offer with its members, but the end of June remains a deadline for more immediate membership. So... That makes all the sense in the world when you talk about the timeline here in all this. Uh, meantime, what else do we have on our YouTube comments? And by the way, hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. I'm going to flash them off there for you on YouTube, and you'll hear about it on the podcast as you always do. Heartland College Sports Koozies. Got them right here. I got a, you know another 100 here in a box. All you have to do is rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. It's the only way to get one. Keep that beer cold at the lake, at the beach, or just on the back porch this summer. It's my way of saying thank you because we have grown this show tremendously because of you. Not because of some big marketing arm, not because we're tied to some big um, corporation, we're not. You have helped us do this, and that's why you know I'm putting my money where my mouth is and sending you guys these koozies as a way to say thanks. So just subscribe if you can on, on YouTube and, of course, on the podcast, and we'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review. Uh, this is interesting. Pete, does Memphis try to bring FedEx back into the equation like they did in 2016? That's from John. You know, um, they believe that their FedEx ties, I believe the CEO of FedEx, the founder of FedEx is a Memphis grad, if I remember that right. Um, I, 
I don't know. I mean, obviously, that would have to be an appealing thing, potentially, from a sponsorship perspective. Is that enough, though? Like, is having FedEx money enough to even consider a team that really isn't adding anything? Like, the Big 12 is doing much more for Memphis than Memphis is doing for the Big 12 at this point, if you add them. Unless you have an odd number of teams, unless really, I mean, here's something I just thought of. What if Colorado's ready to jump? Arizona doesn't want to. I don't want to have an odd number of teams in the conference, right? I don't. So then do you go with Memphis or do you just say, hey, you know what? We're going to add UConn for everything. Basketball, football. Because honestly, to me, if it's down to Memphis and UConn, just from a pure sports perspective, I don't know anything about how the FedEx money could impact this, but a pure sports perspective, UConn or Memphis, give me UConn. Because of the basketball brand, they've won, what, five national titles the past 25 years? Um, and the football brand, that it's not good, but it, it, it has at times shown potential. It taps into the Northeast market a little bit. It gives decent traveling partners for schools like West Virginia and Cincinnati. So I am much more open to UConn than I am to Memphis right now. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. A lot of San Diego State fans chiming in. See, you know what? San Diego State, especially with the Big 12 announcing this week that they're going to be doing bowl games and getting involved in Mexico, San Diego State, which now no longer is a pro town, makes a lot more sense the more we talk about it. San Diego State, from the standpoint of recent investments, quality of the programs, location, fourth time zone, West Coast, um, connection to Mexico in general, culturally speaking, and more. San Diego State, with each passing day, does make much more sense. But I don't want to expand just for San Diego State, right? There's got to be, if it's part of a West Coast move, if you do do what Tim Fitzgerald has noted, Colorado, Arizona, there's your connection to Southern California as well. That makes sense. But I wouldn't just go San Diego State because they need something else out that way. Not that Colorado is all that close, but you get the point. There's got to be something else out that way. Uh, Pete, what about Oregon State over San Diego State because of Power 5? Uh, you know, Oregon State is an underrated program right now from a football perspective. I, I don't have a strong feeling or opinion on Oregon State. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't think of Oregon State as a place where I'm like, you know, really got to get up to Corvallis. Now, now it may be a beautiful place. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been up there, but I don't see the pull to Corvallis, Oregon over San Diego. I think that Brett Yormark has much more pull and much more of a tie and a vision to San Diego for multiple reasons than he would Corvallis. Because remember, Brett Yormark comes from pro sports. Brett Yormark's a New York City guy. So he's probably more into the idea of what can he do with a brand in a major market than he is thinking about great college towns. Not that he doesn't like the great college towns that already exist in the Big 12. He's already raved about Stillwater, Oklahoma, and Manhattan, Kansas, and places like that. But... What helps the Big 12 right now? Trying to tap into San Diego, which has a dearth of big-time sports today, or go to another really cool, probably college town in Corvallis, but what are you truly getting out of it outside of the fourth time zone? 
those are the things that have to be addressed. And those are the things that have to be thought about. Um, meantime, you had this report as well from Friday. All right, this was uh, Washington State's Board of Regents retreat. Took place here late in the week. And uh, during the meeting, the president at Washington State, his name is Kirk Schultz, he told the regents that he expects to have a resolution on a TV deal by the end of the month. Now, that, of course, ties back to what we've been talking about here with the end of June really being the unofficial deadline for all of this. But the bigger bit of information that came out of the meeting was that Schultz, when pressed, talked about the money the Pac-12 was expecting in a new TV deal. And he said that he believes that they can get very similar money to what the Big 12 is going to get, which is about $32 million per school. That'll begin in 2025 when ESPN and Fox start their new TV contract with the Big 12. Now, I don't buy that for a second. I think that he is full of hot air, nonsense, BS, whatever you want to say, for a multitude of reasons. This guy at Washington State and a lot of the vocal people at Washington State have been the ones who have put out a lot of the pro-Pac-12 propaganda because they know they're screwed. Washington State has a ton of financial troubles right now. That's been well noted. And if the Pac-12 implodes, Washington State may as well just retreat to the Mountain West. Washington State is not a program that is likely to end up in any major Power 5 conference. The best thing for Washington State, because Washington has shown no want to carry Washington State wherever it goes. It seems like Washington and Oregon view themselves as a package deal to the Big Ten one day or whatever it might be. Washington State's only hope is that the Pac-12 stays together. A lot of the propaganda out of the Pac-12 has come from the folks at Washington State. I firmly believe that. So, you know, this Pac-12 president up at Washington State, Kirk Schultz, he can say whatever he wants. Oh, we think we're going to have similar money to the Big 12. I don't buy that for a second. I, there's not a chance that the 10-team Pac-12 we're looking at without USC and UCLA is going to do anywhere close to the Big 12 numbers for a ton of reasons we've talked about. How badly does ESPN or Fox need it? Who's got the leverage right now? The economic headwinds are strong in their face, and if they were able to get that money, they would have done it. The Pac-12 has no leverage, none whatsoever. So you can't sit here and tell me that magically out of thin air, they're going to get a deal that, by the way, is mostly on linear TV, which is what they want, and is close, anywhere close to Big 12 money. That deal would have been done by now. If the Pac-12 could have gotten that deal, they can't get that deal. That deal does not exist for them. So I, Kirk Schultz can say whatever he wants, uh, but I'm not buying it for a second. I'm not. Meantime, Arizona President Robert Robbins was on with Paul Feinbaum on the SEC network, and he is continuing to hedge his bets. He is hedging his bets in many different ways. So he came out and he said, until we have the numbers, the TV numbers, no one can make an informed decision. Basically, we may jump at Arizona. We may stay. I don't know. I've got to see some numbers here for us to make a decision. And nobody has the numbers. And by the way, I don't think George Kliakov, the Pac-12 commissioner, has the numbers. 
There's no way he's got the numbers. If he had the numbers, he'd be sharing them by now. He'd be leaking them out to the media, and he'd be trying to show strength. And George Kliakov does not have those numbers. The only thing they've got is a hopeful Washington state president going out there and hoping like crazy that the Pac-12 stays together. And he's trying to convince the Colorados and the Arizonas of the world to hang tight. But uh, to be honest, I don't think it's going to work out for him in any way, shape, or form. No way, no how. Uh, A lot of hate for Paul Feinbaum. Well, you're in the right place here at Heartland College Sports, okay? You're in the right place if you don't want to hear or if you don't want to kiss the butt of the mouth from the south then you are in the right place here at Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to be with you here, rolling through another show. Uh, Three weeks, that's the deadline, and we appreciate you joining us here at Heartland College Sports. Hit that subscribe button on the channel. So appreciate you doing that. Share the show. Helps us tremendously. And on the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. We'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. Send me an email of the screenshot with your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com to keep your drinks cold on the lake, on the beach, and on the back porch this summer. So appreciate you guys. We got a lot to keep an eye on. We'll have you covered over on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com and right here on YouTube, on the podcast, and everywhere else that you are consuming our content. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.